Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. Are you sure? <laughs> you can't see you this, can listeners, but Adam is wearing a rather wacky mask for this <laughs> evening for no reason that he wasn't wearing two minutes ago when we all joined. <laughs> it's, how it's, how does it look, this evil and this <laughs> manic? <laughs> it's, it's like perfect blend. Oh, dear. Well, I, I, I apologise to the listeners that it's a... It's an audio medium that they can't fully appreciate my my, my uh, mask. I think I think you have to post that. Yeah, <laughs> they grab a screenshot of it. Yeah. Um. So yes, we are here this evening uh, for another what we've been watching episode. Um. And as it is the week running up to Halloween, mm-hmm. uh, I'm hoping we've all got plenty to discuss. There's loads. Yeah. Of, there's been some great new stuff out there as well. I've caught some very old and some very new stuff. So, uh, yes. Uh, so let's start with Adam this week. What have you been watching? Well, um, I'm going to start off with uh, more of a, a thank you and an adventure um, to Andy Sharp, aka English Heretic, who invited me to his book launch mm-hmm. in London. And Lee, you were very graciously my plus one. I was and, indeed. Oh, I can't. I, I'm going to have to take the mask off. It's just impossible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's who, who saw that twist? Oh, for, the of, well. for the benefit of the audio listeners, Adam has removed the mask only to show <laughs> that he is wearing another mask underneath. It. <laughs> that's right. Again. Imagine this on a video, but who can tell? <laughs> have you, have you ever done that to a to a fancy dress party? I have you've got multiple I'm really costumes. The temptation. I'm, yeah. I'm even getting in my brain. I'm getting to the point of oh dear. I'm getting to the point of layers. Mm. Like you could something you could a actually, costume you could yeah. gradually sort of shift and go <gasps> back to. Shift. You know. I suppose if you went to its logical conclusion, it would be like. The last costume's just you skinned. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Now you're really thinking. I think you yeah, have to do I this. <laughs> well, I've got over a year to plan it if it were to happen. There we go. <laughs> um, but yes. Yeah, so um, yeah. Uh, so as I was saying, yeah. English heretic Andy Sharp. He invited me to the launch of his book, The Astral Geographic, and Lee uh, came with me and. Um, yeah, it was just a nice little, uh, weird little venue under a church. It was mm. awesome. We're such an a absent little bar place. under a church, basically, yeah. a cocktail yeah. bar, Excellent. and um, which was just very fucking cool. Mm. Um, fortunately, prohibitively expensive, so you couldn't get like absolutely wankered because the cocktails were fucking gorgeous. They were, but they were very strong. I was going to say, that's the other thing as well. Yeah, we did sort of have two cocktails. And I know I've been off the booze quite a lot because I've been watching my weight recently. Mm. But yeah, after, so I had a beer while I was waiting for Adam uh, in a pub across the road. Yeah, and then we had two cocktails in. And by the time we left, I was like, I'm pretty comfortably pissed <laughs> at this point. So <laughs> Yeah, same. It was, yeah, healthy, healthy cocktails, you know, in the least applicable (laughs) use of that word thinking about it but there we go um but yeah and the book is um so 
English Heretics, like a, a project that Andy Sharp's been doing for years, and I've been following that for, I don't know, I think it was like his third album that I heard and was mm. just sold and, yeah, just have kept like listening and he's released books. Uh, what he used to do was um, the when the albums came out, they would come with like a booklet or a zine oh, yeah. of, and it was like sort of, writing about the concept of the album but it was more mm. than that um and yeah he has just a really brilliant way of thinking and uh, this new book is basically a travel guide through occult history oh, okay so it's yeah basically it's all the places to visit in terms of uh for example like witchcraft um it charts crowley's progress through the desert mm. um and when uh he did his great working and yeah just lots of um really interesting places and annoyingly this is like i've been reading a lot of books lately and seen a lot of documentary lately and they've been like oh i'll jot that film down i've got to see that i'll jot that this is 10 times that because it's like <laughs> I can't afford to buy these 50 DVDs. Yeah. I can't afford, but this is, I genuinely cannot afford to cross the world and mm. see all these places, but I really want to. But he does it in such a way that I don't feel I have to. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know, that's he, he's a very evocative writer. Mm. And I haven't got that, I haven't got to the end of it, but there's also like part of the book is like a sort of grimoire, like a sort of how to of basic magic sort of thing. But Mm. Yeah, but uh, but just yeah, thank you Great for inviting me, Andy, and for inviting us, Andy. And um, it was yeah, it was a great night, and I I think there's a, a certain listenership of this podcast. I think would enjoy his stuff anyway. Mm. And yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I say I obviously I Adam invited me as a plus one. Uh, I wasn't aware of Andy's work before this. Uh, Adam mm. very graciously got me a copy of the book, a little cheeky uh, Christmas present in advance there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I can't wait to get stuck into it because it was like hearing him talk. He was so passionate, mm. so yeah. so knowledgeable on everything. Um, but, yeah, it was just his way of speaking as well. So, yeah, I can't wait to to get cracking through it. I've, I've got another book I've got like a chapter left of, and that is the next thing on my queue. So mm. fingers Sounds crossed amazing. I'll get to it soon, yeah. Excellent. I think I th I think Andy would also appreciate this because I've never met Andy before. Mm. Uh, like I've sort of spoken to him online and emailed him before and stuff. But um, yeah, so me and Lee also went with the expectation it might be like the opening of Vault of Horror that we were just going to a vampire bar where they'd string you upside down and put a bolt like a tap yeah. in your neck. <laughs> and um yeah, it turned out to not be that. It was just a, a very lovely convivial evening. And uh, it was nice nice to meet Andy and yeah, uh, thank you again, mate. It was just great talking and yeah. A yeah. fantastic evening and yeah, check out the book and English Heretic in general. So, yeah, hundred percent behind that. Now I've discovered it as well, and again, it's that thing of because I've come to it late. There's a whole plethora of stuff for me to go back through now. So there's music and books and loads of stuff. So yeah, I can't. Keep start you with busy books, for but I can't wait to yeah, get stuck in. Um, Chris. So I have watched again, and I saw. So I'm not sure if I spoke about it, but I don't think I did. 
Uh, it's Ex Machina, which is Alex Garland. And yes, uh, but I talked about devs once, and I think I mentioned mm. Ex Machina there. But so I saw it, it popped up. I thought, I'm going to watch that again. And I think it's so it's funny, right? We watched, um, uh, we watched Donnie Darko, which mm. I didn't think of as a sci fi film. And I watched this before and didn't think of this as a horror film. <laughs> and yet now I'm going to say that this is in definitely my top 10 horror films because just, it absolutely is. And I still think they capture something in this about AI and especially with the way that AI is going now. Because if you if you go and hang out with one camp of people, we're all going to be you know wiped out in the next few years. Go and talk to another group of people and it's going to be the best thing that have happened to us. Well, who knows? But that sort of sets the stage for quite a, a potentially horrific um situation um yeah See, and... the only thing the thing that 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 whole argument ai argument is something mm. that i've watched and seen like all sides or a lot of sides of yeah. like you're saying yeah. there does seem to be two distinct camps yeah all i'm making good arguments generally that, all i will say is the fact that elon musk is doomsaying about it i feel it's probably positive Right, well, so yeah, but so here's the thing. So he's doomsaying, and he got what did he do? He uh, signed the letter to say stop doing it, mm. and then very quickly went out and bought a ton of the equipment required to make some of the best AI. So it's like, mm, yeah, okay, you're yeah. telling others not to do it, but you're, yeah. you're going yeah, so through. So e- either it's building monopoly, mm. or like, so yeah, but no, I, all my thoughts were it's just like, are the computers going to take a look at this and just go? Hang on, <laughs> this is bollocks. Mm. <laughs> you know what? There's dead kiddies and stuff, and he's got like more money than <laughs> anyone conceivably needs. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that might be his problem with I think AI. He's worried they're going to rumble him. Yeah, I think <laughs> AI is just going to because eventually the whole thing, the, the utopian vision, is that it becomes like this impassionate overseer. That sort of, but yeah, but whose thoughts does it think? You know, it's. I mean, especially I was listening to something the other day, and they said that it was um, the when they first constructed the AI sort of model of taking everything from the internet and using that to construct. You mean large language uh, model, yeah. ChatGPT? Yeah, and the first thing that it did because it was the internet, the first thing it did it was just churned out loads of porn. Because <laughs> yeah. it was like, well, what is the internet made of? And it's like, yeah, pretty much, that's you lot, know, the, that's the, the bricks and mortar of the internet. <laughs> yeah, how to create a great civilization. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So, so I will just give a few points as to why I think this is one of the greatest horror yes. sci-fi's. Um, Can you please so... bear in mind that I've not seen it? Oh, okay. Been okay. on my watch yeah. list. All right. I was. Ever. I was trying to think. Yeah, I was but, trying to be careful not to. No, right. Well, so, so yeah. I'll, I'll give you a very broad view then. So, I think it's an amazing psychological horror from pretty much from the start all the way through. Um, Lee, I don't know what you think of it. But I'm assuming you've seen it as you didn't say. I have seen it. And yeah, I, yeah, okay. I do remember enjoying it, but I saw it when it first came out, and I haven't seen it again since. That was it was a long time ago. But yeah, okay. I was being impressed with it at the time. Was it 2009 or something like that? It's quite. Yeah, it's quite a long time ago now. Uh, I'm going to say I've not got too many of the details, but it has got Oscar Isaacson, who I totally mm. did not know at the time, 
and now looking back again, seeing him after seeing him in Star Wars, I sort of appreciate him in a different way in this. But yeah, right. So, so I think it really captures this psychological horror throughout. Sorry, you don't 2014, really know, just to put it in. Twenty fourteen. Um, like you don't really know who to trust at all. None of the, essentially, it's yeah. You are left with a bit of a mystery throughout, and I think the way that unfolds it can kind of keep going either way and so it's yeah i just think they did that excellently considering there's only three essentially three characters mm-hmm. um the the settings it's very it's like isolation and entrapment it's you know you they're essentially in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. um so that and that, that made me think of alien as well <laughs> um there's a huge amount of manipulation and deception throughout. Again, trying to understand what each of their agendas are, uh, it's it's quite fascinating. Um, and and just overall, I think the whole like, with the music, the atmosphere, everything about it, it just it for me, it's a great pacing. It's slow enough and it gets technical enough to allow you to really think about the profundity of AI, and especially with what's happened over the past year, as we said with ChatGPT. Um, but yeah, and the the moments of action really help to yeah just keep the pacing going. So uh, it's I absolutely recommend you go and watch it. Well, I've I've had the soundtrack since it came out, and uh, I know the soundtrack well, is brilliant. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's mostly kind of soundscapes, like eerie, hmm. chilling. Yeah. It'd be nice to put pictures to those uh, sounds actually now because yeah, I've been thinking about it. That's now I've listened to a lot. But go on, go on. So what what has put you off? What, Nothing. Literally, okay. it's just been never the right time or the Ooh. right circumstances or whatever like that. I haven't. It's always like, oh, I'll get that, and then I see something else, so I get that or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Or it'll be on streaming, but then I see something else has popped up, and I was like, oh, it, it's never been okay. Well, I'll be very interested to see what you think. Yeah, I'm going to have to force myself to do it. I think because it's and because it's Alex Garland as well, because it was the yeah yeah. So so I did in fact between this and last time I watched Men as well, and I was going to put that on, but then I think that's what actually made me when I saw Ex Machina. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to watch that again, and so Men I'm going to cover at one point, but I know you covered that before. I think I mean yeah, we'll we'll do that on a separate one because mm. yeah, that is a fucking. It's crazy fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly is. So, yeah, so Alex Garland is doing great stuff, I think. Mm. Excellent. Cool. Yeah, I might have to give that a rewatch myself then, and uh, then we can discuss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I have gone back and watched something very old. This was, I believe, this might have been Lord Al. Oh, yeah. Recommended this a while back when we were talking about folk horror. Uh, so I went back and watched 1977's Children of the Stones. Yes. Um, yeah, I watched the whole thing in uh, over two nights. Uh, it's all on YouTube, like in its entirety. Um, yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. It, that's right. So I think it was Lord Al mentioned it before. And then I was watching the Cool Dudes Walking Club recently. Mm-hmm. Um. And, yeah, he mentioned, oh, I, I watched it during lockdown. I'd never seen it before. It's really good. It really holds up, you know, as a, mm. a kid's piece of, piece of kids' TV show from the 70s. 
it actually is still quite yeah and i watched it and it is it's really creepy and really strange um oh no it's, it's fucking amazing it's pro- and it is proper folk horror yeah know, yeah 100 but, but it's yeah you can it's for kids but it just it's it's a wonderful example of it's like yeah it's for kids but we're not holding back we're going to actually make mm. a good fucking show yeah it, it, oh it's just i don't yeah i loved it it's got that very cozy as so obviously it's before our era so we wouldn't have seen it at the time Mm. Um, but it's yeah, so that... it says it is PG. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah. there are there are bits that are. It's, it's not. I, that... I think it's 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 aimed at a, a, an older kid kid audience that I that I think Telly doesn't think is there anymore, mm-hmm. or possibly isn't there anymore. But it's aimed at like sort of like a sort of twelve to sixteen sort of age group, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. But it's. Do you know I suppose I mean? a lot. Not... A lot of them are watching YouTube now. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I yeah. think it is a it is a thing that doesn't exist anymore. Possibly in yeah. television terms, but that's who it was aimed at. Yeah. And um, yeah. So it is. Yeah. It's it's just a really well done, really well thought out um, horror mm. that sort of borders into science fiction. It's. Um, it's got that isolation thing. They go basically go off to a. Uh, it's a father and son go to a village with a uh, stone circle in it, mm. and it's sort of like them picking up their. He's an astrophysicist, isn't he? And he's like, he is, yeah. And he's yeah. there to study the stones because he believes that it's uh... some kind of a magnetic field that's created by them. So he's there. So this would be like stone stone tapes. Yeah, well, that's when I it was never, first. I think it was uh, when we covered Stone Tape that someone said, "Oh, you need to watch Children." Okay, I say it might. <laughs> I think it was Lord Al, or it might have been uh, Joe Watson. Otherwise, but yeah, I'm sure one of the one of them said. You know, I'm sure Lord Al spoke about it. I think. Yeah. I think even. I think they even mentioned it at the Astral Geographic launch. It was like on the list of yeah, sort of things that had sort of brought it brought the occult into it, and it's um, yeah, it's just. It was one of those things I saw it, I don't know, I first saw it about 10 years ago or something like that because it was one of those ones you um, read about a lot, especially because like being a Doctor Who fan, so you you get a lot more that sort of... Because, again, Doctor Who's like aimed at kids' family sort of age group. Like mm. It's meant to be that the family can watch it, and similarly, Children of the Stones was sort of like kid-friendly, yeah, but only in the sense of... Well, no one got their face hacked off or yeah, said okay. shit. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> but it is sinister as all hell. Mm. Um, okay, it's also shot at Avebury. Do you uh, remember went to Avebury, Chris, for a week. Yeah, a load of us. Yeah, yeah that's so, right. so they've renamed the village, but ultimately it is Avebury. So mm. that's the stone circle they use, mm. and the pub that we had dinner in, that's yeah, right in the centre of the stone circle, that's in there, and the little shop across the street. So they did just take over Avebury and film this little <laughs> horrifically sinister folk horror thing. And it's awesome. It's such a good couple of nights. Um, mm. Yeah. Again, it's one of those people have been telling me to watch it. I, I've got, I, you know, a friend of ours, Simon as well. It keeps mentioning it now and again. It was him who sent me the link. <laughs> we were discussing it one night and he just sent me the link and said, look, you need, and it's been sitting in my email for about 18 months. And I was like, right, I'm going to pull the trigger on this and I'm going to watch it. 
And I was like, oh, I could have been re-watching this by now and I'd have been much happier. <laughs> but yeah. See, again, it's, it, I think it falls into that sort of area that the Box of Delights does. I know it's like a, it's 10 years later on or whatever it is, yeah. but it's that same, because I know you've got, I know you love the Box of Delights, which is the sort of 80s. They do. And in fact, I'm going to give it a quick plug. Uh, Oxford, I believe, uh, a friend of Lady Jennifer's is working on the production team. There's a stage show of the Box of Delights that we've got tickets to go and see. And I think it's in Oxford. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, and I thought they'd make a fantastic stage show. So yeah, just on a side mm. note, if you're in or around Oxford, I mean, double check my facts. I could be way off, but I think it's somewhere <laughs> around there. But yeah, there is definitely a stage production of the Box of Delights being put on and it looks like it's going to be excellent. And I'm going, woo. Very nice. <laughs> um, right. Back to Adam. Uh, I'm going to stick with uh, Creepy and 70s, and I'm going to talk about Messiah of Evil, which has just come out on Blu-ray. Uh, it's a film that I'd heard a lot about, um, but never in the sense of, you know, famous scenes or anything. It was just people talking about the atmosphere and everything else about it. And finally got the chance to, um, finally got the chance to see it because they released it on Blu-ray. And, um, my God, it is the most Italian film made in America that I've <laughs> ever seen. It it feels it's got that sort of Lucio Fulci, Mario Barverish sort of like I, I can't even explain it. It's just it feels like it it definitely feels like Dario Argento made the film. Oh, but everyone's no one's dubbed. People are actually genuinely speaking English. And it was filmed in America, and <laughs> yeah, it's just, but it just feels that whole aesthetic. It has that sort of edge to it, and it's mm. a very strange film. It's basically this woman goes to. It looks like um, the color is quite significant. Oh yeah, no, it, yeah. Basically, a woman goes looking for her father's an artist who's gone missing, and she goes and I mean that's just the most. It's not even a big point, but she stays at this house, but because he's an artist the house is fucking mental but it's not actually <laughs> it's kind of it's an atmospheric point rather than a plot point but he's got like a a bed suspended on chains that's like mm. a, a sort of white marble block suspended on chains in the middle of the room and he's mm. painted all the walls with huge friezes of um uh, like murals of scary people staring at you out of windows and things like that and so it's like it's just fucking it just it just looks mental and then sort of weird things start happening in the town that are never never explained even to the point that i'm not sure whether they were cannibals vampires or zombies i don't know um but the film didn't tell me <laughs> but with some weird influence like some weird past dark presence that sort of affect, afflicted the town before and this has happened before and um, and also two of the eeriest kills I've seen in something for a while just because um, there's two of them so they're, they're, it's watching them that gives you the, the full effect obviously but there's one bit where um, there's a girl who's gone into a cinema and gradually behind her the entire seats get filled up by people from the town who are all just sort of sitting there staring at her but she's just unaware because she's watching the film so and it's like it's like the birds 
You know when she's sitting there at the on the park bench and oh the, yeah, they just it's keep, like that. They keep yeah. sort of doing a close up on her, and then you pan out, and there's like there's now fifteen people behind her, and now there's <laughs> and more people coming in the whole time, and it's just like yeah, it just leaves you in a sort of odd space because it's like oh, that's exactly how I'd react in that situation. Only that situation's never been presented to my brain before, but I know exactly <laughs> how terrifying that is. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's 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 not, a, you know, a, it's definitely style over substance, so it's very Italian horror in that, like 70s Italian horror in that sense. Um, but like I say, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the sort of, outright strangeness of it especially because it was quite no no we're not going to explain that he just eats mice all right (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah it's a uh yeah i I, it's definitely something i'm coming back to because i think Mm. it's going to sit in my lodged in my brain i only watched it about four days ago whatever it was and yeah it's got the right elements all the scenes, I'm like, I just want to see that again because mm. that just looked great. But yeah, so definitely, no, definitely, definitely a, a recommend. But it's, um, I, I don't think slow burn is the term. Just it's a on cer- the basis certain term. taste. Yeah, yeah. Okay, excellent, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris. Okay, so I watched. Uh, I think it, it came out recently on Netflix. Um, it's. A24s. It's uh, directed by the Filippo brothers, Danny and Michael, and it is called Talk to Me. Ah. No, I thought. Pop up. I've not watched it. No, well, so so I think it was. I think I saw it in a list of A24s best horrors. So I thought, all right, I'll give it a go. Now, I would say it's not typically one that I would have rushed to watch, um, but. It sounds like um, these brothers used to have a YouTube channel and this is their first uh, horror film. And yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so essentially, so it's, um, you kind of find out pretty quickly. It's all about this ceramic hand that um, if you hold on to it and say, talk to me, then you see. Uh, a lost soul essentially and it follows mostly follows this girl who it's this i think the second anniversary of her mother's death and she kind of becomes a bit obsessed with it i won't say more than that that's you know that is sort of the premise and uh yeah like there's a few jump scares it's it's quite interesting the characters are pretty good um i enjoyed it, it but yeah i don't tend to rush at these sort of ones where it's, um, uh, I don't know. I, sp- I suppose, I suppose as it went on, it seemed to have, there was more depth. It it kind of talked about the relationships between them more. But yeah, it felt a bit like I think for the f- first start, I wasn't sure it was going to go anywhere. Mm. Um, so it's yeah, slightly like, odd premise. I've got to say it. Uh, yeah. Like, why? How would? Why would you ever just talk to a hand to discover so the first? But I suppose, yeah, that that was where I wasn't too sure. But yeah, you know, I suppose it's a bit like doing Ouija board or anything like that. But again, if you said it's a film about that, I would think, mm, okay, how how good are they going to be able to present this? But it, it was it was pretty good. 
I mean, yeah, I think it, it seems like it did well. Generally, a lot of people seem to like it. Yeah, it's also I, someone who I, uh, someone who we know, uh, did mention it to me. Mm. Uh, but they were they were half pissed off about it, not because of the film, but just because they'd seen loads of stuff with. It's the scariest film that you've so ever that, seen, right? Oh. Yeah, so definitely not. Um, but I mean, there's some creepy bits. There is some upsetting bits as well. Um, mm. You know, along the sort of hereditary kind of line. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's definitely not the scariest film you'll ever see. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is the thing. I think it's also it's dependent on the person you've got. Mm. We've we've seen. If you've never seen a horror film, it might well be. Yeah, yeah we're <laughs> we're reasonable men. We've just seen some some unreasonable things. Yeah, and yeah, I think, but yeah, for for a mainstream, I mean, something like Hereditary is like no, I can understand why the mm. general public were quite were freaked by yeah. that film. Yeah, oh, in fact, what was it? I was skipping through some things earlier on Netflix and. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but it came on, it started to play. And then Shelley looked up and she was like, is this horror? And I said, oh yeah, because it says it's, you know, like if you liked Hereditary, you probably like this. Okay, I'll turn this off quick because <laughs> I don't think she'd survive it. But yeah. <laughs> nice. I might have to check that out at some point. Hmm. Um, so I, I realised something about myself this year and I think it's... So obviously we watch horror all year round constantly and yet mm. when we come to halloween when most people then go into their i'm gonna go and watch loads of horror shit i think because i loved it so much as a kid this is when i go back to more family friendly mm, type. yeah you know, i'm yeah. gonna go back and watch you know the halloween tree and all that kind of stuff like the the more an anti anti yeah um so in that vein and also because it's just been released obviously uh watch the new haunted mansion film mm. uh the not next... the muppets haunted mansion that no, i only that came... discovered was existence today <laughs> no that came out last year i did mention ah. it when i watched it i quite enjoyed it but they'd kind of it'd been pitched as like a feature length so i thought it was going to be the new you know muppets christmas carol type thing mm. I wasn't expecting it to be a 40-minute short, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, no, so this was a new live-action one with uh, Owen Wilson is in it and Danny DeVito is in it, Jared Leto. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Again, it, it, was, um, it was very Disney, so it was fairly family-friendly, but like we, like we were saying a bit with... Uh, Children of the Stones and stuff it didn't pull its punches like the scary ghosts were scary um, mm. so like the Hatbox ghost is is one of the main characters in it and he looks as ludicrous as he does in the Haunted Mansion um, but yeah a lot of the other ghosts look like um, a bit like the ghosts from sort of Ghostbusters 2 like they're all pretty mm. pretty grisly mm. Um but yeah, because it's in such a comedy setting, you don't. You, hopefully, most kids wouldn't get too upset by it. Um, I was a little bit unsure because it was one of those. There's a lot of names in it, but the two main characters, uh, one of them I heard of and one of them I hadn't, and I was like, well, they've got a lot of. 
bigger names, better known actors. And then it was uh, it's Lakeith Stanford uh, and Rosario Dawson. Who mm. I, I've heard of Rosario Dawson, but I've not seen any of her stuff. Um, yeah, and I was just a bit like, oh, is this going to be another House of Long Shadows where the others have all got, you know, like a little five-minute cameo or whatever, and it's all going to rest on two relative, yeah. I want to say unknowns. But, um, but yeah, no, they were excellent, and it was really good. Um, everyone gets great screen time in it. Um, yeah, I, I found it really funny, really entertaining, very family-friendly, I say, but still pretty creepy. Um, yeah, and it was it was a good tale so it's the idea is a woman has moved into the house with her kid picked the house up cheap um and it's obviously haunted so she's brought in owen wilson who's a priest mm. uh and lakeith stanford is a photographer but he's also a uh, a physicist or something and basically he's built a camera that can take photographs mm. of ghosts okay so he comes oh, like, in as... like 13 ghosts yes exactly yeah so he comes in to help them and they soon discover that the reason that the ghosts are being so active is because they are scared and they're trying to get attention to get help. Um, mm. I won't give away the cameos in it because I don't, but looking at the IMDb, they don't appear to be on it. There are two cameos in it that are absolutely outstanding. Um, but yeah, I won't spoil those for you. I'll wait until you see them. Um, but yeah, really good, really entertaining great like sunday afternoon film i'll definitely be going back and watching it again very good excellent uh right we've got five minutes left so quick Quick, fire fire. adam uh very quick fire uh apart from honorable mention for bottom terror which uh is now Uh, ted's first ever episode of bottom that he's watched (laughs) Uh, (laughs) start me young we're indoctrinating um (laughs) and uh but me and claire have re-watched psychoville um, oh, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton's series between the league and Inside Number Nine, and I definitely and need to watch this. mostly because it's got a Halloween episode. But we've been saying mm. about we haven't watched it for ages, and you forget how fucking good that is. Yeah, it's um, for Still anyone who hasn't up. seen it, it's definitely if you like the if you like the League of Gentlemen, if you like Inside Number Nine, watch it. Certainly because one episode of Inside Number Nine will probably make a fuck site more sense if you do watch <laughs> Psychoville. Because we did that as well. We watched the, the Inside Number Nine that was the sort of... Nice. Not really a conclusion, but just a sort of... Actually, it was. It tied up the last loose end, I suppose, really. Yeah. But, but it would have been a tad confusing, I think, for, uh, for some viewers. But um, no, all in all, that is just, yeah, rewatch. Definitely, because too yeah. good, and Excellent. so many great actors in it. Daniel Kaluuya, yeah. Don French, just tons, yeah. tons of people. Fantastic, excellent, Chris. So I just today watched the Fall of the House of Usher, which is I was going to discuss that. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, so I I don't know the story. Uh, you know, amazingly, <laughs> you may well have mentioned it. Um, apparently, it's Edgar Allan Poe's most famous story. Um. So we probably should be covering it. It is, and it's it is an excellent. It was one of the core uh, mm. Roger Corman, Vincent Price movies. Oh, uh, okay, very good. So I could um, could go back and watch that. Yeah, we oh, we maybe we should do that while that's as yeah, a yeah. thing that's out as well. Because there we go. people might that's go and seek that one out. Well, and and I will have seen some more episodes of this. So I've only seen the first episode so far, but um, but yeah. So 
Mike Flanagan adaptation, um, a modern day adaptation. I think it's even set like it was something like 20th of November, a date came up at some point on there. So yeah. it's like right now, I guess, yeah. um, and coming up. Um, but he owns a huge drug empire called Fortunata Pharmaceuticals. Um, and really the only thing I think you know and you find out very early on is that all of his children have died and he's got children by five different wives and he's being interviewed by uh, the police chief and and it's got a surprise appearance from Mr Mark Hamill which won't be surprising to anyone that was on there with him but I didn't expect to see it <laughs> he plays a fantastic I've seen the whole series now um, mm, okay yeah, he plays a great character all right yeah because you only see him like very briefly in the courtroom and the first yeah. one's like what that's Mark Hamill <laughs> yeah no he plays a much bigger role as time goes on mm. Uh, yeah, yeah okay. it's, it's it's one of those. It's got like one long through story, but it is mm, kind of episodic, uh, separate, as you say. Yeah. So each okay. episode is about the story of one of the kids. So you get yeah. everything else that's going on, and they okay. are all. Uh, each episode is named after a story by Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Kind of uses it as a very loose, uh, like loose space. Plot, kind of. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, it, it, it made me think a little bit of Wednesday. It sort of had a, a, a weird, dark, but light-hearted thing going on at almost the same time. Like, not quite funny, but... Yeah. Or at least in this first episode, it, it was. It seemed slightly, like, especially it, with the banter between Roderick and... Yeah. The, and, the, and the, Yeah. But it does get... Uh, mm. Yeah, it does okay. get way darker. Way darker, right. way faster right. than you're right. expecting. Okay. <laughs> well, it says it's an 18 in this. I was like, was that an 18? Oh yeah, to have that much craziness it in it. Kicks but... off. It is yeah, horrific. Right. It, yeah, but it's excellent. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Really creepy. Really dark. Mm. Didn't at the end as well. You like you know something's coming at the end. You're waiting mm. for the big final twist. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it's well worth the uh, well worth watching. <laughs> Stick with it. Excellent. Um, right. Cool. Right. Won't spoil too much on that, as it, a lot of people probably haven't seen it. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, everybody. Um, what's our next episode, Adam? Um, we're now doing uh, in space. No one can hear you mm. jump the shark, which isn't true because I think they're both <laughs> good. Well, I know one of them's good. Uh, Jason X, excellent. Right, our next. Yeah. Film. Great. Oh, right. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. And we will see you in a fortnight's time for Jason X. Good night. Good night. Good night. And listen to Not for Everyone podcast. Mm.